Hey, Crystal. Hey, Joseph. Would you like to talk about Holy Week? I sure would like to. Really? Yes. Why don't you listen in to find out more? Welcome to A Word from Our Outpost. With Joseph and Crystal Gruber. A podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration, and carry them on by thy gracious assistance that every word and work of ours may begin in thee, and by thee be happily ended. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Holy Week. Holy Week. That's when this episode is going to air, and it's also when we're recording it, which is handy. (laughs) So, we're thinking about Holy Week, what it means to be present in Holy Week. And there's a lot of things that I have thought about during Holy Week in the past, but you brought something up that I have not actually thought about in light of Holy Week. thought about this in other ways, but not how it's so poignant in Holy Week. Oh, yeah. The uh, the whole mission of Christ, you know, he, he teaches with his words and then he heals with his mighty deeds. And he comes to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to continue that mission of teaching and healing. And what, what happens from Sunday through Thursday, is he goes to the temple to teach and to heal, and the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the rulers are looking to do the opposite. That They're lo- looking to entrap with words, and they're looking for opportunities to destroy him. Like, it, it doesn't get much more opposite than that. Yes. And you hadn't thought of that. This came about because we were talking to our kids about Holy Week and this sort of what feels like dead time between Palm Sunday and Holy Thursday, like what what happens? Uh, we actually have stories of what happens. He, he goes, Jesus goes to the temple during the day and he teaches. The Pharisees try to entrap him. This is where you get like the, you know, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? Those kinds of questions. Um, it's also the time when Jesus goes and stays with Martha and Mary and Lazarus Lazarus in Bethany. Um, but I don't think we're going to talk about that in this episode. We're talking more about the contrast and how it it makes the choice about who you would want to follow a little bit more clear. And, and that's what these days are for, to clarify, yes, the man who is standing for teaching people and freeing people and, and to... To free people from lies, to free people from sin, to free people from uh, wounds, physical and emotional and spiritual wounds. That that seems better than the people who are just uh, laying traps. And yet. Yeah, and, and this is really interesting to me because I think this is something that you know, that never ceases to play out in the Christian life. And for me, feels like a really good examination of conscience on many levels. But this question of, because the the religious leaders at the time that are trying to trap and destroy Jesus, they're doing it because they, they think they're right. They think that they think that Jesus is in the wrong. And yet we can see clearly from where we sit that the spirit in which they're acting is it's destructive it's it's not in love or mercy it's out of hate and jealousy 
And to be able to to look at my own actions and my own thoughts and my own deeds and say, am I desiring to be pursuing truth? Am I desiring to to bring forth healing in the way that I interact in any situation? Or am I trying to be right? Or am I trying to destroy someone else? Or am I trying to bring out something regardless of the impact that it's going to have on the, the person at hand? Yeah, I, I think for, for me, the examination tends to be how am I fathering? In what way am I approaching my children? Am I approaching them in the spirit of trying to teach and to guide and to heal? Or am I trying to catch them when they're doing something wrong? And am I trying to just seize upon those? You know, they, they say, you know, you should praise more often than you correct. But when they do so many bad things, shouldn't you just keep on correcting? <laughs> Isn't that the point? And like, where is that spirit coming from? Is that the spirit that's going to to show them the love of God the Father? Or is that actually more the pharisaical? And in this sense, you know, the, the pharisaical in the more pejorative term uh, of abiding by the rules, but also holding people to a really high standard and, and not working for the flourishing, but but rather subjecting people to the rules for the sake of the rules. And that's that's an examination. I'm trying to do better. I want to be, you know, a more encouraging father. But to look at these days of, of Holy Week and say, oh, they were not trying to be spiritual fathers. Or, or the kind of spiritual fatherhood that the the, the leaders of the temple, the, the Sanhedrin, the, the Pharisaical sect of Judaism, the, the, the Sadducees, um, the kind of fatherhood that they were demonstrating is not the kind of fatherhood I want to demonstrate. It's, it's, it's really a tale of two different ways of, uh, of exerting authority. Like Jesus had all of the authority. All authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him. It's not like uh, it's not like when he says that at the end of Matthew's gospel, everybody heaves a sigh of relief, like finally he receives all of the authority. No, this is this is the authority that is is right as the Son of God throughout his entire life. There is no man who has more authority than the God Man, and the way that he exerts his authority is to teach and to heal. And the way that the Pharisees exert their authority is to entrap and to seek to destroy anything that seems like a threat. And and this is interesting because in doing things the way he does things, Jesus ends up getting crucified. That, that he has to walk through intense suffering and in fact death. Spoiler alert. Whoa, we're still midway. I know. Um, I always feel like Palm Sunday is kind of a spoiler for me. It. What, why? What? Yeah. But anyways. We, we were with family this weekend. Some of them went to the traditional Latin mass. Apparently they don't have the passion. They do. They, they do they have did. the passion reading? Yeah. Oh, they the thought that they didn't. He told me they did when oh, they okay. got home. Oh, good. Okay, so spoilers all around. I don't know what about the other rites within the Catholic Church. But at least the Roman Rite uh, 
both extraordinary and ordinary forms, the lectionary has the passion. Which, spoiler, right? Yeah. So, anyways, Jesus, he is pursuing things in love. He is teaching true things. He is healing. He is seeking rightly ordered approach to love and charity and and righteousness. And he gets killed. A very humiliating and painful death. And and this is an interesting thing because I find in myself this desire oftentimes when I think I'm I'm really trying to follow Jesus and I'm really trying to be loving and I'm really trying to be charitable and all these things. And then I'm surprised when there's suffering. And it, it I have to remind myself, like, no, this is this is part of the Christian life. Or I'm surprised when things it seems like God isn't answering my prayers or it feels like he's not there or I'm struggling to trust him. And it's this, but Jesus ultimately rises from the dead, but he had to die (laughs) to rise from the dead. And, And so it also seems like Holy Week is this beautiful, poignant reflection on the pursuit of goodness, truth, and beauty often doesn't, the journey of it doesn't look the way we might expect it to and and it can be really painful we we were starting to think about um before hitting record you know when our our daughter three years ago had this huge trauma in her stomach and she had gone septic and all these things were going on and she needed multiple surgeries on her stomach and so they 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 had made an incision in her belly to have access to everything that was going wrong and they they left the incision open for two weeks we think maybe more um so that she could heal they left a giant major gaping wound in her open on purpose so so surreal to to be in that pediatric icu and to see our daughter with like a hole in her abdomen I mean, they, they put like this blue spongy stuff in it to one, help sop up things and two, I think for cleanliness sake. Mm-hmm. So we weren't looking deep in inside because of the sponge, which I'm very grateful for that sponge, yeah. but super surreal that they left the wound open. And, and this idea that, that often part of his healing touch and love requires um, a, a kind of pain and vulnerability and and woundedness for proper healing and for for resurrection for you know I remember talking to a friend of mine a couple of years ago who had been through some really difficult stuff um really just hellacious things and and talking to her and she's like I, I'm an Easter people now like I'm I live in Easter now and just the joy of that for her was so beautiful. But man, the suffering she had to walk to to get through was so, so dark. And 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 Holy Week just brings to light that that journey so poignantly. And and how what what piece of that journey do we want to be in? Do we want to be in the piece of the journey? where we're pursuing truth, where we're pursuing healing, even if it leads to suffering and death? Or do we want to just try to make a lot of corrections and try to prove that we're right and 
uh, try to destroy anything that feels different or uncomfortable or that might lead to suffering and death. And that that is the scarier thing. The first half of Holy Week, it's a lot of battle of words. There, there are a lot of discussions where Jesus is teaching, questions are asked, he responds, and he gets out of the traps. Uh, this is what he consistently does. It's 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 a it's almost like fun to read those chapters in, in the Gospels about his time on Palm Sunday and uh, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday. Just oh, he has great command of all of these ideas. He can't be outfoxed verbally. But then he submits to suffering and then death at the end. And it, it's not that he ran out of the right arguments. It, it's not that he uh, couldn't get out of it. In, in fact, in the trial, he is the one who utters the phrase that gets him killed, right? They, they look for witnesses. They can't find witnesses until finally they, they ask him, like, who are you? What are you? And he says, you know, you're going to see me coming on the, 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 the Son of Man coming on the clouds. Like, the, the obvious allusion to the visions in Daniel about, the, the, about God coming, the presence of God. Obvious allusions for those few people who have studied Daniel. It's not a, it's not a very long <laughs> prophetic book. Uh, still counts as one of the major prophets, but not as long as Ezekiel or Isaiah. Anyway... He doesn't outspeak his way from suffering. He actually speaks into it and allows himself to be taken. He allows himself to be scourged, to be crucified. There is this sense that, you know, the words are good, but we're not going to trust someone just because of their words. It has to be met in deeds. And what he wants us to be able to do is to entrust to, to him all of our wounds, everything that is out of order, everything that is uh, wounded, everything that has been hurt, everything that we're afraid to face ourselves. He, you know, God first shows his wounds to man so that man might show his wounds to God. And that that is what this week is about. Is God trustworthy with our woundedness? And, and will we trust him where we might be wounded? where it would be scary to let him in because he might say or do something that would be more painful. Um, and he's like, I will hang upon a cross for three hours with every wound of mine open to you. I will let the very core of my being, my very heart be pierced so that you might spend an hour or more with me and, and, and allow your wound to be aired out when wounds are not given the opportunity to air out, when they're not being effectively addressed, uh, that that is where all sorts of infection, all sorts of weird. Um, you, you're more medically inclined than I am, Crystal. Like, what, what is that thing? It's like um, more pus comes in. Oh yeah, I was wondering if pus was the word you probably were for yeah, just a sign of infection. Right. Mm -hmm. But like. We trusted our the doctors with our daughter. We we're like, we trust you. We we know you are going to do the best you can. And part of the best that they could was leaving her on a bed for weeks with her wound open so that it could be given a chance to heal. 
so that they could then do more and then close her up. And now she's the cutest little seven-year-old who wheels around in her wheelchair like nobody's business. And she's got a pretty mad battle wound scar on her belly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's... She's not going to look great in a swimsuit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nobody will notice that. It's a one-piece swimsuit suits for her only. Well, yeah. Anyways. That is true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, th- this sign, like, is do we find God trustworthy? Holy Week is this invitation to ask the question, like, if, if we don't find him trustworthy then we, we need to find out where he goes wrong. And, and we gen- then join the side of the Pharisees and the side of Judas. Like, no, I I don't want to, I don't want like where this is headed. Therefore, I need to, to prove that he is not trustworthy. But we're not going to do that with his words. Um, and and he, he's willing to be wounded for our sake. Are we willing to bring our wounds to him if he has a track record of, of healing and, and teaching and dissolving lies with truth, shining light in darkness. Like this is one of the things, light, light is purifying. Like the light of the sun actually is purifying, mm-hmm. you know, which is a weird thing to me. Like there's a giant ball of burning gas, technically not on fire because there would have to be oxygen for a fire, but <laughs> plasma irradiating the earth not only illuminating, but irradiating in such a way that it's um, cleaning, cleansing, cleansing. That's yeah. So these are some Holy Week thoughts. Anything else about Holy Week for you, Crystal? So the other thing that is coming to my mind, which maybe is a to be expanded upon in a whole nother podcast, but but something that I've been practicing lately is. I've noticed when I'm with other women that often there tends to be a time people will either be self-deprecating or there can be a lot of comparison. And that feels like what the Pharisees are doing, this this destroying either oneself or, or someone else. And so something that I've been really working to make a habit of doing when I'm with other women and I notice that that they're really good at something that I'm really not good at is to to praise them and point out what they're good at and to find opportunities to ask for help. Um, and so I just, I share that um, in brief right now in terms of just practically speaking and, and mentioning that, that for me this, seeing the way Jesus and the Pharisees interact with each other is a sort of examination of how do I act, interact with other people? So Joseph, you brought up the example of parenting, of, of fathering. And I think that's a really beautiful example of who am I acting like or who am I trying to emulate in the way that I interact with other people? And I think another I, example of that that came to mind for me is as I interact with other women, am I, am I trying to see truth and am I trying to give and or receive healing um, or Am I tearing things down, whether that be myself or others? Yeah. So, but like I said, that was just sort of a, that there's more there, maybe for another time. But in regards to Holy Week, looking for ways for me, I think I'm looking forward to spending these next couple of days in Holy Week, looking for ways where, where am I um, seeking truth, allowing healing 
trying to follow the Lord, even if it means allowing him into my woundedness, because I can trust him because of the way that he has allowed me into his woundedness. And where am I shirking from that and attacking the way the Pharisees attack? Yeah. And I think there's like this blow to one's pride when we say you're better at this than myself. Pride is literally the one thing we should be tearing down. Like, of the things out there to be torn down, our pride is is the thing that's worth the, the tear down. Yeah, and that seems to be part of the battle, if not a lot of the battle, for those who are attacking Jesus during Holy Week, is that he doesn't look the way that he wants them to. I mean, even thinking about Judas and what could be motivating Judas, and it seems that part of it might be that he he really thought that Jesus was going to have this military takeover and that maybe he was aiding that along. And this realization of like, oh, that's not what Jesus is about. Not this time around. <laughs> Just to wait for the next time. Yeah, and so this, this Jesus not being quite how we expect and how do we handle that. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. I had a thought. I think it's gone, but maybe it will come back. It had to do with yeah, interacting with other people, building them up, the, the embrace of humility, the attack on pride, and, and, the, and the willingness to be shown up that's not quite it. Hmm. Is it something to do with Judas? Or should I wrap us up? Oh, I, I, I don't like leaving a thought unsaid, as you well know, Crystal. But I don't know what it was. But yeah, I, I think this is an interesting time to reflect. Do I really trust Jesus? I mean, heck, if you want to spend a couple of days in prayer just like testing him verbally uh, before you entrust anything that might be wounded in you, go for it, right? Like test everything, you know, test our Lord. Um, even get mad at him, you know? It, it, it's one thing, uh, we're, we'll be releasing this on Spy Wednesday. It, it's one thing to... Uh, actually confront Jesus and to say things to Jesus. It's another thing to skulk around and uh, to undermine him and to to work for the destruction of everything that he is doing. Uh, so don't be a Judas. Actually air out the the questions, the comments, the, um, the critiques. He can take it. That, that's one of the things about God is that he can take it. There, there is uh, no lack in him for being able to take our questions, our frustrations, and he, he's not afraid of them. Amen. Sometimes we're afraid of them. Yeah. That, that seems to be one of the things with <laughs> Judas, like not knowing what else to do. I mean, like you, you could have just talked to him. You could have just said it. You could have just said whatever it was that was going on in you. Even the Pharisees at least, you know, say the things sometimes. Uh, not so much. They probably could have done a better job. Just saying, I'm really frustrated with you, Lord. You're not 
You're not acting the way that I would expect you to. Yeah. One of our pastors once challenged parishioners to follow the example of one of our children who was throwing a fit in a pew. He's like, you know, sometimes that's how you feel. Maybe we should all throw fits in the pew sometimes when we are feeling upset. We communicate to God. I mean, he knows, so we might as well get it out. Yeah. Well, and maybe this is to respond. this is part of it too. Is that we we treat the faith as this intellectual thing. We get stuck in holy in Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday. That faith is an intellectual pursuit. It's like no, it, it's an all embracing, all consuming, everything kind of thing. Yeah. And to not let it just be the intellectual or just the emotional because I think I mean for you I think the intellectual is really strong sometimes for me I want the emotional without the work of the intellect <laughs> and so have realizing yeah that there there's this comprehensive piece and if we're over focusing on any one piece we're missing out on the the fullness of what's available yeah so dear listener there are more th- things that can be said about holy week we won't say them So for a little challenge to spend some time asking the Lord where he wants to speak truth and healing into your life, expressing frustration if you feel it, and giving some time to listen, and I'm going to pray us out in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the gift of this holy time of year. I pray for ourselves and our listeners that we might enter into it in the fullness of our humanity, and that we might meet Christ in the fullness of his humanity and the fullness of his divinity. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From our outpost to yours, thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check him out on Spotify. 